Are you exhausted from running on the hamster wheel of life? Do you feel like you followed all the rules, did all the right things, yet still question, is this really it? Maybe you've dreamt about a totally different career path, but quickly brushed the thought aside because you missed your chance. If so, you're likely not living the happily ever after you once dreamed of. But welcome to the club. You're not alone. Many women have these same thoughts, including myself. Hi, I'm Kristen Latini, a wife, twin mom, and cat mom who walked away from the corporate career I'd built to pursue entrepreneurship. I created this podcast to learn from women who have already done it. Our guests have built their own career paths outside the traditional nine to five. They'll share their personal journeys, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they learned along the way. From there, we'll use their inspiration and insights to help us take baby steps to build our own fairy tales. So whether you're looking to start your own business, make a career change, or simply live a more fulfilling life, this podcast is for you. Consider yourself sprinkled with fairy dust and let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Own Fairy Tale. We've got one last creator to chat with today as we close out the month of June. I don't know about you, but I can't believe this weekend it will already be July. Like, how in the world is that even possible? But I digress. Let's get back on topic here. Imagine you've known what you wanted to do as your career path since high school. To me, this sounds like fantasy land. I had no freaking idea what I was going to do back in high school. I think at that point, I wanted to be a physical therapist, but... Regardless, imagine you were lucky enough to have a passion, study it in college, get a job doing it, and that sounds awesome, right? Michelle Baker was what I consider to be one of the lucky few who identified her passion for art and design early on and was able to follow that path. Things were smooth sailing for about 13 years working in corporate design companies, but that company then was part of a merger and boom, she was let go. Kind of crazy and would probably rock your world, right? But in hindsight, Michelle's realized that was the push she needed to go out and do things on her own. Four years later, Michelle is a print and product-focused designer who loves making the complex clean, organized, and focused. And if you know me, you know she had me at organized, right? But seriously, Michelle has definitely found a way to succeed as an entrepreneur, and I'm excited for her to share her story with us today. Please welcome Michelle Baker. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Kristen. I am very excited to learn more about your career path in design. This month, we're talking all different types of creators. But before we dive into that, I thought you could share with us if you could be a fairy tale or fictional character, who would you be and why? This was kind of a, a tough one for me, not like <laughs> being able to pick one right out of my head. But I feel like Hermione Granger is definitely someone that that I would be. She's always wanting to help people. She always has like the best intentions in mind. She looks out for things and she's also very smart, of course. So I'm not always as smart, but I always <laughs> try and help people whenever I can and try and be just helpful in that way. Awesome. I think she's she's appeared on the show before as a character that our guests would like to be. I have to admit, I am not a huge like Harry Potter. It's not that I don't like. I just haven't watched them all or read them all. So I need to get caught up. I think that's just a societal rite of passage. Right? Definitely read the books. I watch the movies again every year for the most part, just <laughs> something to watch <laughs> on the holiday weekend or something. Yeah. Nice. Well, she seems like a good girl. I like her. So tell us a little bit about your career path, because as I understand it, you sort of had this vision to set out on the design path and you stayed the course, but you changed where you practiced it. So can you take us through that and what that looks like for you? Yeah, sure. 
I've always had some artistic thing going on in my life. I mean, I was always into art and I took art classes all throughout elementary school, obviously. I think everyone did, but then got into graphic arts in high school when, you know, I found out that there was this class that I could take and it was totally different from what I was doing in just art class. And they had a photography part during this course and all the different aspects of typesetting and printmaking and things like that. And so I was like, this could be a cool (laughs) way to go. Because being a kid, I think I always said I was going to be a veterinarian, but that was not in the cards for me. (laughs) Not (laughs) that sciencey, although I do like sciencey things, but yeah, not that much. So yeah, I looked into a graphic design career or, you know, going into college for that and ended up doing that. You know, my first job right out of school found a job. My my mom found a newspaper ad. It was probably like an inch square. And she's like, look, this is where you could work. And I applied and I got the job and it was pretty cool. So I was at my first job for about, I guess it was like two years or so, then did a few temp jobs. And then um, for 13 years, I was in my last corporate job doing promotional product and packaging design for an agency that used to be in Plainsboro and then moved to Lawrenceville. And it was an amazing culture, like lots of great people, fun times, you know, happy hours and <laughs> things like that. And I worked in mostly the beverage industry. So there was a good amount of liquor. Product research, if you will. Yes. (laughs) Liquor bottles in the office, although we did not drink. But yeah, it was a really great job. And every company has their ups and downs. I had a few of them with that company. And eventually they went through a merger in 2018. And come 2019, they're like, they weren't going to let anyone go in 2018. That's when they were saying it. And then come 2019, they let me go. And I think I was the longest employed designer, probably highest paying. So obviously, I mean, it made sense to me after looking back, but it was kind of a shock. I thought I would be there for a long time, even though I I was ready to make my move and I was trying to build up a client base to kind of start my own business, but didn't really want to take the jump on my own. So it was sort of a, a really good push to get out on my own and start doing this for myself. I mean, initially, I was looking for more jobs locally, no more than 20 minutes drive (laughs) one way. I just couldn't do more than that in a car, you know, every day. I couldn't find anything nearby. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just try this thing on my own. And someone that I worked out with at my gym told me about this one networking group and They're like, you can go and talk about your own business. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got business cards made really quickly, (laughs) came up with my whole look and put my website together within a week to get to this one meeting. And it's been great ever since. I officially formed my LLC at the beginning of October in 2019. I would let go April 30th, 2019. So I kind of count May 1st as like my official starting date, even though it didn't really happen that way. (laughs) But So yeah, it's been four years, which is pretty exciting doing my own thing. And my corporate life, I focused on packaging and promotional products. And I still, you know, would love to do some packaging work, but now I kind of focus mostly on the print side of things and logo design, branding, identity. And I love working with nonprofits and just giving back 
to the community and trying to get the word out about their mission and help them as much as possible. And they're always so grateful. So it's, it's a really good feeling to help them. It's sort of a win-win. So if I could go back to 2018 a little bit where you were seeing, okay, there, you know, there might be some, some rumblings or could happen to me, but it hasn't happened yet. You said you were thinking about going out on your own. Were you actively doing anything or was this just like, okay, I'm just going to sit here until they tell me I got to go. <laughs> As I was thinking about going out on my own and leaving this company that I've been in for 13 years, I was like, well, all right, well, who are these people that I've worked with in the past and tried to reach out to them and see if I couldn't line something up? Sort of worked, sort of didn't work. And it wasn't enough to make me feel good about leaving right away. So that's why I didn't do it on my own. I did look for other jobs and I did have a couple of interviews in the beginning of the year. And it was like nearing the end of the year when everything was finalized with the merger and seems like everything was status quo after all that. And then 2019, that's the way it goes. <laughs> if it didn't happen in 2019, it was bound to happen in 2020. <laughs> we know how 2020 turned out. <laughs> right. They ended up going bankrupt. And I'm kind of glad that I wasn't involved in that. But I think everyone who is still with the company is in a better place because they're with a new company. They got bought by another company that did basically the same thing. So I'm kind of thankful that it happened in 2019. Yeah, it's one of those sure. things in the moment you're like, wait, why are you getting rid of me? I've been here for 13 years and I'm amazing. But looking back, it's, yeah, it was a great thing that happened. And it feels like up until then too, you kind of had a pretty straight path of like, you knew what you wanted to do. You followed the passion, you got the job, things were kind of falling into place. It felt like the first real speed bump, if you will. Yeah, it was a little bit of a shock that day that I was told that I was being let go. I was in tears, of course, all day. <laughs> and and then the next day, I wake up and I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice not having to get up and go to the office. So I went to the gym. I worked out for like three hours. I'm like, this is amazing. I can get used to this. So <laughs> that was kind of a, a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally relate because when I was called in to the, you know, with my manager that one fateful day, <laughs> And oh, oh, HR was going to be here. Wait, why is HR here? Yes, your role has been impacted. So I've had that pit in the stomach of like, wait, what? And then the tears and the, oh, this is what it feels like. Like, I thought I'd be here forever. So unfortunately, though, I did not have the luxury of like, okay, it's effective now. And I did not get any of that free time. Then I had to figure out how to, to land the next job, which I did, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if push came to shove, I could have found something that would have worked but not my favorite thing to do, obviously. So I feel fortunate that I was able to do this. So tell us too, because then you mentioned pulling together business cards and a website very quickly, which I feel like to so many people getting started, myself included, is a little bit daunting of like, what the heck am I going to put on the website? What am I going to say I'm going to do? We, you and I have talked about naming company. Like that feels like a lot of almost heavy lifting, if you will, just to get started. Exactly. Is that a necessity? For step one, or that's just how you felt like you needed for this networking event? I mean, being a creative person and having a lot of things to show visually, I feel like a website is the way to go. Unless I already was doing things on social media, which it wasn't as big of a thing for me, at least. I wasn't showing things on social media that I was doing at my company because it didn't feel like it was fully mine. And I just didn't feel like I had the right to show it as it happened, I guess. I feel like for designers and especially web, 
video, graphic, anyone doing this type of thing is it their career, it definitely helps to have a website. And I don't know, I did probably stress a bit about what to put on, on it, but I focused on just having my portfolio up. And obviously, I mean, because I was looking for other jobs, I put my resume on there. I don't have that on there anymore because I don't feel like I necessarily need it. And then I did like a quick bio. My husband helped me <laughs> to edit things to make sure it sounded okay. But otherwise, I think that's what I, I got first. And, you know, my name was Michelle Baker Design. And, you know, even though that wasn't what I was thinking I would go with for the rest of my life, you know, it was quick and easy because that's, you know, my name. Unfortunately, there are many Michelle Bakers and also many Michelle Bakers who do some kind of design. So it's not really the perfect name to use. But, you know, for now, it it is what it is. I just felt like I needed to have something up there so that if I had my business card and I gave it out, then people could go to my website and look at my work and it, there wasn't going to be a lag. You know, I just use Squarespace. It's super easy. Just drag and drop and throw some things up and it's still mostly the same. <laughs> I did change the layout, but I want to do more things, maybe like do some case studies instead of just putting some work up there. I want to underscore here how you said it wasn't the perfect design. It wasn't the perfect name. It wasn't the perfect website. And even as a designer, you're like, I want it to be beautiful. But like, it was just that messy action of I've got something up there. People can find me. So I just wanted to highlight that because I feel like that's an important lesson here. Yes. I am a perfectionist, but it's definitely not. Yeah. If you want to do something quickly, you can't always do that. You can't no. make it perfect. Good enough. Good enough. And so my other follow-up question, I feel like you've already answered because it was for someone who's never made a website like myself. I was like, wait, what? How do I? What do I do now? <laughs> you recommended Squarespace. So that seems pretty like non-coding friendly. Yeah. Probably Wix is the same. I haven't used it, but I think I, I did look at it on a couple occasions and yeah, they're both about the same. Just pick a template, drag some things on there, type up some content, and then you're ready to go. All right. So then what's something if someone's just starting out, they have an idea of what they want to do like you did, what is some advice you would share with them? Is it follow the same first steps or do you have looking back different ideas or recommendations? I guess if you're in the corporate world and you want to go off on your own and have your own company doing graphic design, then I don't think you necessarily have to be all that prepared. <laughs> like not as much as I feel like I had to be because when everything happened and it was all said and done, I just, I wasn't fully prepared to be on my own and I had to still find my way. And you don't really have to line up. You always hear like three clients, three big clients are all you really need to have a company. I still feel like I don't 100% have that, but you know, I have two good clients and like the smaller clients that kind of make up that other third big client. You know, if that's something that you want to do, then you should do it. And I mean, I definitely do appreciate having that corporate experience because it kind of got me to see how for good or bad real business ran and just to see how things worked in the real world, whether or not, you know, I was paying attention fully, but at least you can kind of see all of the the details. But yeah, I feel like having that corporate background was a help for me at least. Yeah, I guess like just don't be afraid to do it because it's going to work out. And 
get into networking, <laughs> find a good group that you can join. There are so many free groups. You can do a paid group too, you know, the local chamber. There are many, many outlets out there to get into and meet people. And then wherever you go from there, you have a lot of people. Do you want to speak to the group that you're part of? Because I hadn't heard of it before you shared with me. So I'm in BNI. It's Business Networking International. And it's huge. It's a big organization. It's like pretty much in every country, on every continent. It's grown even more since COVID because of the Zoom ability to like, you can meet with anyone anywhere. And all the chapters used to meet in person and now they're all virtual. Well, not not all of them, probably about half of them, maybe even more are still meeting virtually. There's one person per seat. So I'm a graphic designer and I, I hold that seat. Nobody else does what I do in my group. And then you can go to the different chapters and different meetings and meet new people and try and you know make new connections and possibly get business through these other groups and chapters and everything. So it's a good group to be in because you do have that access to the whole world, but it is, you know, money thing. It's about $600 a year or 800, I think when you're first starting. So, well, that was going to be my, one of my questions is, so when you mentioned the specific number of clients, so are you actively looking for them when you don't have that roster filled? Are you relying on this networking group? Are you up on Upwork or Fiverr? Like, What's your strategy or is it just, I'm going to do good work for these few that I have and rely on the referrals that come in next? Yeah, I guess I get, I kind of do a mix of attending networking meetings and doing the good work for clients that I have. And I have had referrals through those clients. And I'm also, in addition to being in a networking group, I volunteer a lot for a local environmental nonprofit called the Sarolin Conservancy. I also serve on their board and I've actually gotten some work through that organization as well. So it's it's great to have a few outlets, especially things that you're interested in doing. My passion is for the environment, eco-friendly companies. And you know, if I can get into more work like that, that would be amazing. That's kind of my goal is to try and be more into the sustainable design and sustainability and just trying to to make more people aware and just doing more in in the eco-friendly realm i guess for the most part yeah i don't really actively seek work other than just like getting introduced to people by other people that i've met because i said that i like to meet marketing agencies or nonprofits and then i have calls and sometimes it turns into something and sometimes I just meet a great person and then they introduce me to somebody else. So it's all about meeting more people and trying to spread the word about what you're about and get to know them and help them too, obviously, because it's not one-sided. No, not at all. And it's comforting to hear that you're not like, oh, you don't have to be actively campaigning at all times, like selling yourself because yeah, you're just there that you're doing good work for the clients that you have. You're meeting new people. And it just organically evolves. I take comfort in hearing that. Yeah. Sometimes there are slow days. I just had a lot more meetings at that point, went to different other networking groups and tried to meet some new people. There are some things in the works. And if it happens, it happens. And if not, then there's something else that's going to come up. Yep. I like that. I like that mentality. So what's one lesson you've learned about being a business owner, about entrepreneurship? 
that you can share with other budding entrepreneurs or that you you wish you learned sooner? So it's nice looking back to like, ah, that would have been helpful to know when I made that mistake. That's kind of a tough one because there there's so many things, but I feel like I <laughs> just pick one good one. I feel like I although I did kind of cover it where I was just so worried about having those clients to begin with and not wanting to take the leap, but so thankful that it ended up working out the way it did. And and I had that opportunity to just focus on this and do it. But yeah, I mean, like other things, get a good accountant who can help you with your taxes, <laughs> who can guide you that way. Make sure you set up your IRA. If you had a 401k in your previous job, yeah, just make sure you have all that set up. There are a lot of things that that we've done recently and not having kids. We didn't think about life insurance. I know I'm getting into all the financial things, but these are important things, I feel like. And not everyone thinks about that. And when you're young, life insurance is super cheap. Don't wait until you're 42 to to get life insurance because it's not going to be as inexpensive. And we have disability insurance now too, which, you know, if, if one of us can't work, I mean, but anyway, those are other things. So. I like it. You're getting into the nitty gritty, like yeah. these are the things you need to have. So yeah, definitely wouldn't have thought about those things. Yeah, right. <laughs> so tell us what's next for you and your company. What's your next chapter of this fairy tale look like? Well, I think like we were talking about renaming my business and I've been trying to think about things and it's hard to come up with a name. And one day I was like cooking my dinner or something. And I've always very health conscious in addition to being conscious about the environment. So I was like, oh, maybe something like eat your veggies, you know, something like totally unrelated to design. But you know, that's that's a little too far off there. But design that's good for you. Something like that. But that's like a tagline, but you know, a name that could go with it. I have no idea. So <laughs> it got me excited thinking about that. So I know it's it's in the right direction, but I just have to land on on the name. And then just focusing more on the sustainable aspect of finding companies who have that in mind, you know, eco-conscious and sustainable businesses and organizations that I could work with. Awesome. Well, hopefully there are some health-focused or eco-conscious future business owners out there that may be able to come partner with you. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Well, tell us how can our listeners find you, work with you, network with you, all that good stuff. I'm on Instagram, although not too much with my business, but on my personal side, you'll have to request to follow me because it's private. But Michelle L. Baker is um, my Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn handle. So they're all the same. That's another good tip. If you have one handle, try and make them all the same. It's just consistency and ease of remembering. (laughs) It's good good for all that. My website is michellebaker.design. Awesome. We'll put all those links in the show notes, but I like that tip as well to keep the name the same. Michelle, thank you for sharing with us and best of luck in all the future next steps for you. Thank you. This is a fun time. (laughs) Fun times indeed. Here are my top takeaways. Number one, perfection not required. It's all about the messy action. I don't know why, but coming from a designer, this just held more weight for me. Like we can all let go of that perfection. If a designer can do it and just take those steps quickly and move forward knowing that it's not perfect, we can do it too, right? 
Number two, corporate experience was helpful to have. This is something I'm beginning to appreciate as well. For someone who's never worked for someone else or in a nine to five, so many of the aspects of running a business may be foreign, but there is an awareness when you work for a larger corporation, which can be helpful to have when you go out on your own. So in the past, while I may have felt insecure about, well, I've never run a company on my own before, now I am definitely starting to shift and reposition it to, yeah, but I've worked in a corporation for 13 years. I'm definitely starting to reposition it and think of it more as, yeah, I haven't done this before, but I have worked in a massively successful global company for 13 years and I learned a lot about business. So yeah, that's definitely an asset and I loved how Michelle was able to see that as well. And number three, the importance of making connections and those relationships. I know this is not the first time this topic has come up on the show, but I liked how Michelle really didn't put a lot of pressure on building her pipeline. It really came down to the genuine interest in meeting people and helping so that it took the ick out of sales or the pressure to find those next clients, right? Or the pressure to find those next clients. And just like that, our month has come to an end. I had so much fun learning from these different types of creators, and I hope you did too. Next month, we'll be talking to female entrepreneurs who all have a connection back to our military, and I can't wait to share some of the cool things they're doing. If you're not already, do me a favor and hit follow or subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. I'm not giving up on my dreams, and I hope you won't either. I'm Kristen Latini, and this is Build Your Own Fairy Tale. When I set out on my solopreneur journey, I wanted to be the most organized and professional without spending a lot of money. Sound familiar? That's when I discovered a customer relationship management platform called 17 Hats, a game changer even if you're a newbie without tons of clients. Here are three quick reasons why I love 17 Hats. Number one, it allowed me to replace my scheduling tool. Hello, one less subscription to pay for. Number two, I can effortlessly send quotes, contracts, and invoices helping me look super professional. And number three, magical workflows that allow me to automatically send emails and reminders without being tied to my inbox 24-7. The best part is they've got a free seven-day trial so you can check it out firsthand. And if you decide to purchase, here's the best part, use code FAIRYTALE for a 50% discount off your first year subscription. So head on over to 17hats.com and check it out. Here's to simplifying and making things more magical.